Welcome to Locally Grown, a podcast about business, strategy, mindset, and everything in between to get you to your biggest triumphs and get you through your biggest challenges. If you're a brick and mortar business owner who is looking to scale to six, seven, or even eight figures, then this is the show for you. Each week, you'll discover tips to take your business from struggling to profitable, all from my own real life experiences being an entrepreneur, coach, and business consultant. This is the podcast for helping you build a business today so you can also build a legacy for the next generation. I'm your host, Teresa Cantley. Welcome back. I am super excited to be interviewing the one and only Jude Charles today. So um, on the Locally Grown uh, podcast, as well as also here live on LinkedIn for my weekly show. Um, Every week I bring you lots of strategies and tips and stories and experiences, and also people, amazing people that I have met along the way in my journey. And Jude is one of them. Um, He is a filmmaker. He is an entrepreneur. He is an author, a teacher, and he is a curious individual um, (laughs) who definitely lives life in color. And he is just goes all into whatever he's doing. And um, I met Jude before I let him start talking about himself. um, I met Jude. I actually met Jude from my mentor, uh, Mel Abraham who has become a, uh, yeah, you've become a friend of both of ours. And um, so Mel had listened to you on another podcast and he called me literally and was like, Teresa, you have to listen (laughs) to this guy. He's amazing. And it kind (laughs) of all went from there. Um, But I wanted to bring Jude on to talk about what he does. And I'm going to let him explain that in a minute because I think it's so important for people to learn how to do this and to actually do it because it's number one, it's what sets us apart, but also number two, um, it also, by doing this, there's a lot of healing involved and there's also, um, it's also something that can actually bring communities and people together more than push them apart. So I'm going to let you talk because I've talked enough. So tell us, (laughs) About you, like, yeah. how did you get started in this? You know, what's your background? Go for it. You mentioned that I am curious, and I've always been a curious person since the age of eight. I was curious about what my future life would look like, so I would write these one hundred page books, imagining what I thought the future could look like. So I wrote a book called uh, "The Police Life of Jude Charles" because growing up, I wanted to be a police officer and the baseball life of Jude Charles. So I also wanted to play baseball. And in all, I wrote 11 books of what I thought my future life would look like. And then I got to high school, 17 years old, in a TV production classroom. And Mrs. Donnelly, my TV production teacher, taught me everything she knew about video production. And then at the end of the school year, May 4th, 2006, she said, Jude, you're really talented at video production. You should start a business. And I'm the youngest of 10 children. My father worked uh, as a construction worker. My mom worked at a chair factory. I didn't have any examples of what it meant to run a business or to be an entrepreneur. 
But the following day, May 5th, 2006, Mrs. Donnelly came to the classroom with a yellow envelope. I was like, what is this? And so she's like, look inside. And I look inside of this yellow envelope, and I still have it to this day. It's sitting on my desk. She handed me my first set of business cards, which wow. I still have. Yeah. Oh my god. So that's gosh. how I got that's how I got started um as a filmmaker running my own video production company that I still run to this day 16 years later. Mm. And I help entrepreneurs leverage the power of storytelling. What does that mean? That means yeah. that we all have a story to share. Even if we're running a business, even if we're not an entrepreneur, we have a story to share. And what I do is I help entrepreneurs understand how to craft that story and then share it. But what is a story? A story is all about a very specific moment in time. It could be the moment in time that you started the business. Like I just told you just the story of Mrs. Donnelly giving me my first set of business cards. Or it could be the moment where you realized why you're in the business that you're in. Or it could be the story of the clients that you've helped along the journey. What I do is, again, I just help entrepreneurs understand what those stories are and then how do you bring it to life in your business. I've been doing that for the last 16 years and I enjoy it. I love it. I wake up every morning and I get to do that. I get to share, and that's why I'm here on with you today, Teresa. I get to share. Um, that's why Mel was just like, you've got to talk to this guy. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, is, he called me. He was like, you have got, Teresa, you have, because you know my story. I mean, yeah. I lost my best friend and my business partner um, in the beginning of January 20, or February of 2021, and we have been through so much together. And what I realized recently was, I think one of the things that connected me so much to her was she saw me mm, like she, yeah. and you know, other people in my life all throughout my life, like didn't see me. And Vanessa was one of those people that saw me. And, um, but Mel had been trying to help me kind of get through everything. And, and he said to me, he said, Teresa, I really think you need to learn how to tell your story and bring more of you out there. And I'm an introvert, you know? And I was like, oh, I don't know if I can do that. Yes, you can. So, you know, it has learning how to tell my story has been, for me, it has been healing. And you're right. Everybody has a story to tell. And, um, but I never quite knew how to do it right. When you say healing, what do you mean? Healing from the standpoint of talking about the relationship that I had with her, talking about how we built our first business together and why we decided to build it. And yeah. then also just learning how to tell that in a way that related to the struggles and the things that, that my customers were going through. And I thought I knew how to do that. And I, every time I tried, I mean, I've been doing this for 10 years, but every time I tried, it was, it kind of fell flat. So I stopped. I just stopped mm. talking about it. And when she passed away, Mel said, I think we need to revisit this. Mm. So when he heard you, he, like I said, he called me right away. He was like, Teresa, you have to listen to, go listen to this podcast with this guy on it. I'm going to sign up for his newsletter. (laughs) He's like, just go do it now. And I'm telling you, I listened to that podcast. It was um, Rick Mulready. And um, I was like mesmerized by what you were saying. And working with you mm-hmm. and do, like and going through the process with you, I mean, it was so transformational. Yeah. So so let me just ask you a question before I have you kind of talk about your process because it just blows my mind. 
But why is it important for people to do this? I mean, especially when it comes to like brick and mortar business owners, I mean, really any business owner, but brick and mortar business owners, like why is it important to learn how to tell your business in a way that connects them to people, not just to get up there and just like, I don't know, like, cause I, and I always thought I was a bad storyteller and you were like, no, you're actually a good storyteller. I was like, I am. <laughs> so <laughs> let's talk about that for a little bit, because I think that's important. When someone decides to walk into your brick or mortar store, or they're looking at you online and they're like, why should I buy from you? Or why should I do business with you? The question they're really asking is why you? Um, there are thousands of restaurants out there, right? Italian, let's just, let's go really specific Italian restaurants, but what makes one Italian restaurant different from another? Sometimes it could be the secret ingredients, but other times, most of the time, it's the person, the, the chef, the person that's, that started the brand. Um, so why is it important to tell your story in your business is because someone is asking why you, and the only thing that makes you different the only thing that someone else can't duplicate, they can duplicate your ingredients. They can, indu- they can duplicate the products you sell at your store. The one thing they cannot duplicate is your story. So again, the story could be the origin story, why you got st- how you got started in the business. The second, or it could be the why story, why you do the work that you do, or it could be how you help your clients. But again, there's that secret sauce and the secret sauce, in my opinion, is the story. So I first got started in this business with business cards, Mrs. Donnelly. Cool. But what helped me see that the work that I was doing, I am the only one qualified to do the work. It was uh, 2011, working with a client who was running a cosmetic business. We had been filming a documentary, um, filming her from the beginning of this business, building it from the ground up. And I woke up one morning to the sounds of chains hitting the floor. And I was like, it was always a nightmare to hear these chains hitting the floor. And then I I got up out of bed ran to the front window. And what it was, was a tow truck driver coming to repossess my car for the second time in eight months. I'm five years in, I'm five years in business at this point. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, this is it. Like, okay, I've, I've given this a good five year run. I've tried everything. Can't really make money. I'd been struggling to make $20,000 a year. And in that moment, Keisha Dior, which is the client that was building her cosmetic business. She calls me and I'm like, I don't know if I should take this call. And I pick up the call and she's excited. Jude, Jude, you won't believe it. You won't believe it. And I'm like, what happened, Keisha? She said, I just got off the phone with my accountant. And he told me I crossed over the seven-figure mark. Made a million dollars. Wow. And here I am, five years in business, struggling to make $20,000. She, in the first year of business, had made $1,000. And I saw it as a moment to realize. Now, I could have looked at it two different ways. I could have said, you know what? This is proof that I'm not good at a business and I shouldn't be doing this. Instead, I, I decided to see it another way, which is this is proof that I've created value for a client. And all I need to do is understand how to promote that, the value that I created for her that helped her business go to a million dollars. And as I started to do the work to, re, to understand why was this project successful? Why is it that she made a million dollars? What I realized is it wasn't so much that we created a video as much as we told the story behind why she was doing what she was doing. And when Keisha mm-hmm. first came to me, she wanted to do vlog videos. And I told her, no, I want to do a documentary showing the behind the scenes of you building this. 
It was my vision and understanding of the story, how to craft this story, that helped her make a million dollars. It helped me see also that I was uniquely qualified to create documentaries for entrepreneurs. So that's all I do today is I create documentaries for entrepreneurs. And I help, and then I consult and help uh, entrepreneurs understand how to tell their story, but it's specifically for business. That's how I was able to understand is that specific moment in time, the story about that specific moment in time with Keisha Dior that helps me to understand why I'm uniquely qualified. Um, that's all a story is. And that's what every business has one. Every person has one. Every business has one because every person has one and every person is, the, is leading the business. Yeah. And, and what I like to call it is leading with dramatic clarity. Unless you get really clear about who you are, what you stand for, why you're in the business that you're in, it won't matter. Like you'll, you'll continue to be blown out the water by your competition because you're not clear about your vision and clear about where you're going. Oh, so, so powerful. I mean, and what's, and the other thing is when you, when you got that phone call from her in that moment, you had a choice. And that's like a defining moment where like you could either go one way and completely like, you know, self sabotage, self-destruct, you know, whatever, or you could choose the other path. And, you know, a lot of people are faced with that in situations like what you described and, you know, they choose, they choose the path to self-destruct. So, I mean, it's, that's powerful because it also connects that, you know, understanding, like really having clarity on what your vision is, you know, things will happen, bumps will happen, you know, along the way. But as long as you're clear on that, you're going to be able to get through it. You're going to be able to navigate it. And um, I'm curious, how did our, how did our process help you clarify your vision? It helped me. Um, it helped me clarify my vision in that number one, I am able, I actually have the paper from our pro, from the process that you and I went through the blueprint. I actually have it mm. right here. Um, mm. But it helped me to see because I was only seeing the mistakes and the failures mm. for like the longest mm. time. And when you and I talked, I started to see the things that I got over and how I got over them and the fact that I kept going. And it also helped me to see how that then relates to the people that I work with and the mistakes and the failures that I went through and also the struggles, um, actually was able to help me be better at what I do, which I didn't really think that before. I always ever saw the mistakes and the failures as mistakes and failures, but I didn't see them as, um, you know, the, the path that led me to where I am today. But I think even more than that, when we went through that process, it helped me to see, which was like, and I just had this conversation yesterday with somebody, you know, when we're frustrated and when we can't quite see our vision and stuff, or when we start questioning our purpose, we get so stuck on that. And the reason why we can't, we don't have clarity on it or because we're, we're frustrated and we're stuck is because we forgot who we are inside. Yeah. And that was the process that we went through, you know, working with you. That's exactly what was brought out is 
that I had forgotten is who I am inside and then how that translates into the difference that I'm making with the people that I work with. How it translates into the difference you're making, but also how it translates into unlocking the blocks that you have in your business. The reason that it's so important to get very clear on who you are, what you stand for and what you represent is that you often have to go back to that. Mm-hmm. That is your compass, right? Um, you asked me Absolutely. why storytelling is you asked me why storytelling is important. Storytelling is important because there's going to be the ROI of I'm going to make more money in business. Great. They're going to, there's going to be the ROI if people are going to feel more connected to you, they're going to trust you. But the true ROI, and this is why I said it earlier, the true ROI is that you get dramatic clarity. When you get that dramatic clarity, you not only are able to lead your team, lead your business, you're able to lead the customers and the clients that come to you. Because in my opinion, when someone pays you, even if it's for a product, they're not paying you for the product. They're paying you to guide them through their process, the process mm. of transformation. And that process yes. of transformation, let's say it's you're, you are buying makeup and you want to look prettier, okay? There's a process for that. Like, for example, I, I wear a beard and some, sometimes I'll buy beard products. The companies I go back to buy beard products from are the companies that know their story, And they're able to walk me through how to use this product, right? I've gotten products before. There's no instructions. I don't like, of course, yeah, I saw the brand and I decided to try it. But there's nothing that gets me attached to that brand. There's no loyalty there because I don't know what I'm doing. But when you get very clear about what you're doing, and you know what you're doing, you know what you're about, you know why this product or service exists, then you can transfer that to someone else, which then transforms them Mm. on the process, right? So So transfer to transform. Yes. Ah. Yes. And so what I've, what we, the work we did together, and this is why I asked you, what is it that helped you clarify your vision? Is because the work, I'm clear on my vision and where I'm going and and how I want to do what I want to do. But then I transferred that to you because I was able to see you. I was able to take in your story, understand your story, and see you, which then created transformation that you're now creating for your clients and for your audience. Right? This is why storytelling is important. It's a part of self-leadership. Mm. There, is a, there is a storytelling that's, that's important for um, you know, marketing, but it's also it's, it's integral to the internal team. And the internal team includes you. You are the CEO, the chief executive operator, or the leader, the chief marketing officer. But it's important that you are very clear on who you are. You're clear on the brand that you stand for, and then that transferring that to create transformation. Hmm. That's so, it's so key, like what you just said, because, and I've seen it happen like live with people where, you know, you have people who are just, you know, they walk into a retail store and they're just like, oh yeah, that's that sweater. Yeah. It's, you know, 20% off, but you have another person who walks in and says, oh, let me tell you the story about how this was made and the artisan and the da, 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 or a business owner who is completely like not even present in the business. But then, I mean, I have one client like this who he loves to tell his story. 
Like he loves to tell his stories and that's why he's been there for 35 years. But you're right. It's that, like you said, transfer to transform. Like, I love that, you know, (laughs) that, that transfer of wisdom, that transfer of an experience, a story, you know, to transform the other person and, or transform the person that you're working with. And that's, that's exactly what happened when I worked with you. So, um, so let's talk about, let's talk a little bit about your process, because I know I've worked with other people with the whole story thing and your process is completely different. So Mm -hmm. let's talk about it. Yeah. So I call it road mapping and in road mapping, there are three distinct phases. There's phase one, which is dramatic clarity, which is a little bit of what we talked about. We get really clear on your core values, your core beliefs, philosophies and beliefs, and then your core stories. And then there's dramatic demonstration. So dramatic demonstration is taking, or you told me your core value is uh, integrity. Well, what's a moment in time that we can illustrate where you've had to use integrity? Because it's not just about the words, which is what we focus on in part one. It's about how do you bring those words to life? The dramatic demonstration of that. And then the last part is dramatic leverage. The part we worked on together was dramatic clarity. Get really clear about your story and share that story over and over and over so that people will feel invited into your world. They will understand what you're about and then want to work with you. Um, the reason I go through that entire process is because, again, I before... So normally, I run a video production company. And normally, before I ever press record, I want to get a clear understanding of what we're going to do together, how you're going to market and promote the videos, the documentaries that I create. Um, And so we go through that process. But the same, when I do it in a two-hour session, which is what I did for you, is to help you, the dramatic leverage part is to help you share that story in your podcast with your audience. Because I remember asking you that, have you ever shared the story before? And you're like, yeah, in bits and pieces, but not in a full story. And you did an amazing job of sharing that. I don't know if you've released it yet, but you've done an amazing job. Yeah, so you've done an amazing job. I got to hear it before it went live and you've done an amazing job too to share that story with passion and heart so that people will see you, right? Um, That's what road mapping is to me. I've been doing that for over 10 years now. And again, for me, it's less of like marketing and sales as much as it's about leadership. I got really clear in 2014. I went to a leadership conference in 2014, Spokane, Washington. And Spokane, Washington is the furthest northwest point of America. I happen to live in Florida, South Florida, so for the <laughs> southeast point of America. And I had this crazy idea to take a Greyhound bus from the furthest northwest point to the f- furthest southeast point. Yeah, it's a dumb idea. Oh, I, I, was, my God. I, was, I was 25 at the time. And I just was like, you know what? This isn't going to happen again. Let me, let me do this. Well, by day two of this trip, it was a three-day trip. By day two, I was miserable. Um, I got to Chicago, Illinois, and I turned back on my phone. I had my phone off this entire time, and I turned back on my phone. And when I turned back on my phone, I had gotten a bunch of text messages, but there was one text message that stood out from my sister. And she said, call me back, it's urgent. Now, this is 2014. I started to brace myself because dad had just got diagnosed with prostate cancer. My mom was suffering through depression and had attempted suicide in the past attempted to kill herself. And so I braced myself. I called my sister. Unfortunately ended up being dad. I took the first flight home 
They said they found him unresponsive in the home, but I knew what it meant. It meant that he had passed away. And uh, I took the first flight home. My brother James came to pick me up. He came with his daughter, my niece, Ayana. I hugged them both. I didn't say a word. I just sat in the back seat with Ayana. And as I sat in the back seat, 25 years old, I'm staring off in space. I've already told you I'm the last of 10 children. And I'm, I'm just, I feel lost because I never imagined losing my father at such an early age. He wouldn't get to see me get married or have kids or even run a mm-hmm. successful business. The business was good back then, but it wasn't successful. Right. And um, Ayana, she's eight years old, maybe nine. And Ayana says to me, uncle, why did grandpa have to die? And I just sat there and stared at her. And she said it again. Why did grandpa have to die? We're making funeral arrangements, dealing with his assets and all these other things. And that question kept ringing in my ear. Well, on August 9th, I got the answer because on August 9th of 2014, I, Jude Charles, the youngest of 10 children, was tasked with giving my father's eulogy. Mm. Now, I'm not the oldest male sibling. I have brothers that are older than me. And obviously, I'm not the oldest child, but I was the youngest asked to give his story. And what I understood about that moment is that I am called to lead through difficult moments. Or how I normally say it, to lead and empower entrepreneurs to have relentless, unwavering courage. And so what that looks like for me And that's why I said roadmapping is all about leadership for me, is that part of that relentless courage is understanding the the core values that drive you, the core beliefs that drive you, and the core stories that drive you, the core moments in your life that help to shape who you are and how you are, um, and why you're doing the work that you're doing. Because again, you're uniquely qualified. Teresa, there's no one in this world like you. No one. And there's no one in this world like me. But to understand that is to get very deep about your core values, core philosophies and beliefs and core stories. And that's what I do through road mapping. We bring that to life sometimes through video or a podcast or whatever. But the core part is that dramatic clarity part. Let's get really clear. And I spent a lot of time there. Um, and that's, that's the process had, that I go through. You must have had, I don't know why I didn't, I knew your father had passed away. And but I didn't know you gave his eulogy. You must have had, because I gave Vanessa's eulogy. Mm, and yeah. knowing how you, because every time I talk to you, I'm like, it just makes my stress, no joke, makes my stress go, <laughs> you know, and I'm just like, <laughs> like it like grounds me back. It grounds me seriously back down. Like every time yeah. I'm stressed out and anxious, I should call you. Um, but I mean, like, like seriously, so I can imagine that eulogy must've been your father was shining down on you and smiling and just like probably blown away by what you had to say. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you never expect, and I said this in the eulogy, you never expect, it's hard to eulogize my father because he was a great leader and he was the center of not only our family, which was a big family already, but his siblings. He was Mm. the center of that. Like everyone came to him whenever they had issues or problems or whatever it is. So yeah, it's hard to eulogize a man of such great stature. Um, 
but yeah, yeah. it's but that's why I say it's about leading through difficult moments because why didn't why didn't my siblings want anyone else to do it right what was it at that moment I thought to myself what was it that they saw in me but the other thing is I had always known leadership was important but I ran away from leadership because I thought leadership was about being uh, the president or being a pastor of a church or like it just being the person that's front and center. When I realized, and I looked up the word, when I was working on my dad's eulogy, I looked up the word lead L E A D. And it just simply means to guide a group of people along a journey. That's it. Mm. That's it. So it's not about being front and center. It's not about being center of attention. You're leading a group of people along a journey. And that means you're responsible for that. Right. And so, I had to lead in that specific journey with my father passing away, which was already hard in itself. I had to lead, but it was a difficult moment. And I realized that's always been, I've always been calm and cool under pressure. And um, I don't know that I've always had the right words to say, but I've always known how to lead through that journey. And so um, that's why I feel like I, not I feel like I know I'm uniquely qualified to lead and empower entrepreneurs to have relentless courage. Right now that vehicle happens to be video production and storytelling. We haven't talked about this, but that will change in the next few mm-hmm. years where it, it won't be video production as much as it's I'm fully stepping into leadership and um, helping others to understand how to do this for themselves, to truly lead, train other leaders. And so, yeah, it was difficult. It was hard, but it, it uh, when you're called to something, it doesn't feel as hard as what it will feel like for other people. Right. Like, yeah. So, yeah. 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 I remember when I did Vanessa's, I wish I would have met you when I did her eulogy. I was, it was supposed to be three minutes and it was 20. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I can't help myself. There was a lot to say about her, but it was the same thing. Like, you know, how do you eulogize somebody that was just such a phenomenal and she, I mean, I'm just like your father. I mean, she left such a legacy. And that legacy isn't built. It's not, it's built by who you are and how you lead. Yes. Yes. And I love the way Mel actually says it too. Mel is, it's about who you are, but Mel is like, you're building your legacy now. Mm -hmm. Like your legacy doesn't happen when you die. It's now Mm -mm. it's today. Right. And that's the one thing I love about our good friend Mel is, is that how he frames it in that way. It's like, it's so, but when you understand the moments in your life right now that have led to you building your legacy and you're intentional, like all of this that we're talking about, the dramatic clarity, the core values, the core philosophies and beliefs, what it's about is being intentional about who you are, living on purpose. Mm, love that. I love and that. That's you, like Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> you are the you, male version of Oprah. I, I will take it. I've never been called that, but I will receive it. Um, no, but seriously, when you're when you're intentional in that way, it just changes it changes the way that you show up in this world. Oh my God, totally. Can, and Mel says can, it's it's yeah. the actions, the decisions that you make every day. That's what creates your legacy. And you're right; it's how you show up in the world. Can you imagine? There's people out there who's just been waiting for you to show up. Who me? Or me and no, general? in general, in general. Yeah. Like the people listening to this, can you imagine there's someone out there who's been waiting for you to show up? Mm-hmm. Your spouse, your kids, hell, even your parents are waiting for you to show up. 
No, absolutely. So many people are walking around with their eyes closed or as, as Levy Jones, she always mm-hmm. says people are walking around with their, with their lights off and they need to turn their yeah. lights on because yeah. you show up differently when your lights are on. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, that's, that's, um, that's the work that I do. That's the work I've been doing the last 16 years. And, and I was blessed with the opportunity to work with you and to help you do this, to show up in a different way. Um, I wouldn't have it any other way. You know, I, I, um, I, I haven't always been clear as clear as I am today, even as, as far as like two years ago, it wasn't as clear as it is today. Um, two years ago, October of 2020, I woke up paralyzed one morning from the, uh, from the neck down and I, my eyes opened, but my teeth were clenched. My heart was racing and I didn't know what was happening. Two hours later, when I was finally able to get out of bed, I called uh, my therapist because I knew what it was. It wasn't physical. It had to be mental because I didn't, I hadn't messed up a nerve or anything like that. But eventually what ended up happening is I was diagnosed with burnout, depression, and anxiety. And what I realized is that I had been, so 2008, I had started the business in 2006 and the 2008 recession happened. I knew what it was like not to make, um, a dollar for six months. Mm-hmm. It was just like, okay, a pan- pandemic's here. It's going to ha- get ready to happen again. Like, there's no doubt about that, in my mind at least. And so I, it didn't end up happening. <laughs> March of a, March 11th, I think, is when the when President Trump closed the borders, and then, um, you know, we knew how serious it had gotten. Oh yeah, my clients, my clients had continued working. And so I was still one of five people on a plane traveling to my clients because most of my clients come from out of town. And so I was traveling to San Diego. I was traveling to um, Delaware to, to work with my clients. Yeah. But I was operating from a place of fear, which is the opposite of what I know my why is, which is relentless courage. And so now I'm being tested in this season. And so that's why I say like now I'm at a point where I'm extremely clear um, extremely clear about who I am, how I work, the people that I choose to work with. I believe in the four freedoms. So time, freedom, location, freedom, client, freedom, and financial freedom. The client freedom and location freedom are so extremely important where I can work wherever I want to work. And then I choose the clients I work with. I don't just take on any client that comes my way. Mm. Um, even for road mapping, we could talk about the behind the scenes when you decided to, okay, you wanted to work with me. I gave you homework. And I said, if you didn't complete the homework, we couldn't have our session. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You gave homework. I did the homework and it's not easy homework. It's involved and you have to be. And I think that's the decision tree of, because a lot of people aren't willing to do the work. I know I run into that with, with people a lot. And Um, you know, if you want to do the work and you want to do what you need, what needs to be done in order to be successful, like I'm your guide and you're, you're the same way. And exactly. um, And, and that's a part of my client freedom. I want to work with people that are willing to do the work. Hey there. I know there is so much going on in the world and it's so easy to get caught up thinking you just need to get through this time and you just need to survive. There's rising costs and inflation 
delays in getting products, struggles hiring and retaining good people, trying to get that edge that allows sales to rise and customer loyalty to increase, figuring out how to stand out online in a sea of competition when you haven't even gotten your website completely done. But I'm here to tell you there's a better way to approach these things. There's a better way to approach this time that we're going through, a way that will lead to higher profits, more money in your pocket, and more time to do the things you love to do. And that's where I come in. I come in to help you fix what's broken, plug the holes, so you can insulate your business from any impacts that might come your way. Over the past decade, I've helped many product-based business owners to turn their business around and increase their income and their profits 20%, 30%, and even up to 80%. Yes, I said that correctly and you heard that correctly. So what did they do? They stopped spending money on random marketing and software that doesn't work. They hired a high-impact, high-growth team to help them move the business forward so they didn't have to do everything themselves. They implemented processes to streamline work so they could do more with less, and they increased profitability by really and truly understanding their numbers. And most importantly, they started thinking like a CEO and not just a small business owner. And you can do this too. You really can. And I want to help you. You and me working one-to-one to get the results you've been working towards for years. Imagine going from six figures to seven figures to eight figures, even to nine figures. It's totally, totally possible. So apply to work with me in my exclusive Business Masters one-to-one program and let's do this. Spaces are limited. Unfortunately, there's only one May, but the results that you get are truly extraordinary. So you going to do it? Are you in? I look forward to seeing you on our next call. And that's a part of my client freedom. I want to work with people that are willing to do the work, right? And so, um, nonetheless, I say all of that just because it's like, it's a journey. It doesn't happen overnight. It is a process to get really clear about who you are, what you stand for, and what you represent in order to build a successful business. Now, there's many people who get, who, who are lucky enough to build a great business, but then they don't know how to lead correctly. And they lead from a place of lack or mm. a place of anger. And yeah. that's why I love the way you started this. You said it was a healing process. Not necessarily that you were a bad leader. I didn't feel that way at all, but it was a healing process of you better understanding, oh, I need a different perspective if I'm going to go to the next level. Mm-hmm. Right? Because it's not like you were already making money before me. Mm-hmm. But you saw that in our work together, oh, I was looking at this from all the mistakes I've made. What about all the things I did right? And maybe the mistakes weren't problems, but they were opportunities. Right? Um, Craig Rochelle says it best, I think. He says, um, can you find the opportunity in your problem? Mm. Oh, yeah. That's, and it's so true. many people want to go to the problem. Yes. They don't want to go to the opportunity. So while you're on that topic and going Mm -hmm. along with, you know, because you, I've gone through burnout 
you've gone through burnout and I think you're still kind of in that healing process, mm-hmm. but talking about finding the opportunity in the problem, mm-hmm. I heard one time most recently that the gold is not in, everybody talks about the breakthrough, yeah, the lessons that you learn, but the gold is actually in the breakdown. Mm-hmm. And I know the process of finding who you are and really connecting to that and showing up different. There's a lot of breakdowns that happen. Yes. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, you know, stripping away and breaking away and chipping away all that isn't you to reveal what has always been there. That is truly you. Yes. So through your process of, you know, going through, um, you know, being diagnosed with burnout and, you know, going through this, what was that gold that you found in having that breakdown, having that, I mean, and it was a pretty massive breakdown because you've changed, you've changed things a lot since then. Yeah. Like, what was that? And like, Uh I think the first thing was, uh, I had still, I had my identity wrapped up in the work that I do. Mm. Um, because initially when I got diagnosed with burnout, the, the most challenging part is that I was told that I couldn't work the way that I normally work anymore. And it was the right thing to say to me because what worked in my twenties. So today I'm 33 and I started the business at 17. So between 17 and in my twenties, what worked for me then was amazing but it no longer serves me and works for me in my thirties. But I had never, and although I had, the business was successful and I had made good money, I had never changed the way that I work mm. because I was still seeing my value and my worth and my identity in my work. Those are two different things. Um, so I think that's the first thing. I, the gold was to slow down and truly, who is Jude Charles outside of work, Right. If you no longer did the work that you were doing, who is Jude Charles? Um, and who am I when I show up, even to a podcast recording like this? Or if I show up to a friend's house, who I am is I am a leader who leads and empowers entrepreneurs, lead, lead people in general to have relentless courage. Now, I happen to have a passion and love for entrepreneurs, so I've chosen to go down into that field, to niche down into that field. But it's truly, that's who I am every day. My friends, my family will tell you, I would challenge you and I will make like, if there's something you say you want to do, what's stopping you? There's nothing stopping you, but you. Yeah. And so I think that was the first thing is the identity. I had an identity crisis of who am I outside of my work? Um, Am I truly living out my mission? I had known leadership was important. I had known courage was important, but was I living it out in this season leading up to the burnout? Um, I think that was the first thing. It was that was the gold. It was just like, are you really Jude? Are you showing up as Jude Charles? Not Jude Charles the filmmaker or Jude Charles the storyteller or Jude Charles all these other things. Are you showing up as Jude Charles, your most authentic self? Um, the other thing was just slowing down. I think there's a level of confidence that came from slowing down. Where um, so in that year, 2020, I made the most amount of money I ever made in my mm. career. Um even though I went through burnout, but I also made the same amount 2021 when I had to slow down. Yeah. So it showed me it wasn't the hustle Mm-mm. that did it. It wasn't the grind that did it. It was just me authentically showing up as me. Right. Um, 
I think those, so that's the two biggest things that I think about the gold that came from it. Um, of the third thing is removing things from my life that no longer served me. So I talk about the business end, but I think there was personal wow. things in my life that kind of burned me out too. That's a big um, one. That is a big one. And every great reveal, if we think of like how Apple reveals the iPhone or the Apple watch or whatever, um, it starts with a removal. Mm. You have to remove the veil okay. in order to to get to the item. You have to remove the the glass window to get to the item, right? Like every great um, reveal starts with a removal, and I had to learn how to remove things that no longer were important in my life. That I and, it, and it's simple things. It could be friends. Some I did remove some friends from my life that just where I was going, they couldn't go with me, and that's. For me, that's hard because I had for I'm a loyal person. And some friends I've had for I'm 33 now, so I've had some friends since elementary school, which is over 20 years, that I I had to sit with. Am I keeping this friendship because I'm loyal or I'm keeping this friendship because I truly value the friendship? Yeah. Okay. Is this person truly because that can affect how you run your business as well and how you show up in your business? Um so I think it was those three things. It was is identity crisis. That was one of the the gold. Um, and then um, changing the way that I work was the second goal. Gold, and then just removing things from my life, um, removing what no longer serves me in my life. Yeah, yeah. I think when we hold on to those things, because um, I know I've done it myself. When we hold on to it, we don't even realize it, but we end up hold. I mean, it holds us back from really achieving the things that we want to achieve. Um, and for yeah. me, I ended up building a wall, an invisible wall around myself that I didn't realize I was doing because I was holding on to all this stuff that wasn't serving me. So I built a wall around myself at the same time, which was so yeah. like weird, but yeah. so what's next. So, you know, you, <laughs> you have this business you had, and you kind of touched yeah. on it a little bit. So just tell me, like, as we, you know, start to wrap up the show, what's next for Jude, for, for Jude Charles, Mr. Charles, what's next for you? <laughs> Initially it was, I, so in 2021, when I went through 2020 is when I started to go through burnout, but 2021, I truly sat with it and started therapy. That's one thing I would definitely recommend if you are in burnout is to see a therapist and get help. It's okay to get help. Um, and I started to go through the process and I, I told myself, okay, I'm going to give myself five years to retire. And five years at that point, I will have been doing it 20 years. I started business in 2006. So I would retire in 2026. I would have been doing it 20 years. I've done the thing that I wanted to do. I'm passionate about video production and storytelling. I've done it. It's a good year. It's a good 20 year run. And I wanted to walk away at that point. The best thing you can have, especially if you're an athlete, is to walk away on your own terms. And that's what I wanted, yeah. right? Well. As of we're recording this now, uh, we're in September. September 1st, I announced that this year is actually my last year. Um, again, I'm always questioning, am I living my most authentic self? The five-year plan was me playing it safe and was me operating from a place of fear. It wasn't big fear, but it was some kind of fear um, because I've never done anything else. My entire adult life, I've spent building this business, doing one thing, and I got really good at it. Um, and, and, and with that, people ask, well, why would you walk away if you're really good at it? My mentor told me this, and it's the best way I can put it. Video production is only the 10th of my potential. Mm. 
Wow. I can see that, but. (laughs) (laughs) So I, you know, in some ways I did get comfortable, right? I mean, I've I've pushed myself in video production, but in some ways I've gotten comfortable. So I'm moving away from that. Um, The business will still exist. Uh, I have a head of production who will continue the business day to day, um, but I will no longer be in the business day to day until I officially close it down completely or sell it. Um, What I plan to move on to is leadership. And in what way does, well, there's two things I plan to move on to. First is leadership and then going into private equity, which will still be around leadership. But leadership, um, I don't necessarily want to call it coaching, but it is doing workshops where I am leading executive teams and getting really clear about whether it is the CEO's vision, mission and vision, or it is the brand, like if it's a much bigger company, the brand, like it's already been established. It's an established institution that may be headed in a different direction. Um, Core values, core philosophies and beliefs and core stories are important to making sure this vision comes to life. That's what I'll be doing for the next at least two to three years. And it will still carry over when I start this private equity company, which the private equity company is buying and selling businesses. So what's called leveraged buyouts. Um, Mm -hmm. But I plan to buy those companies in order to train up the leadership team, the executive leadership team, in order to um, sell the business. Because I believe you can't grow a business without the executive team being, Mm. um, you know, without training them up. And so leadership is important. Now I'm, I'm doing the leveraged buyouts and the private equity Honestly, just so that I can, it's a vehicle that I'm using to do leadership, but truly everything is going to boil down to leading and empowering others to have relentless courage. And sometimes that courage isn't necessarily the big gigantic thing like Elon Musk, you know, trying to do a big rocket ship. Sometimes (laughs) it is just getting clear on your why and being relentless in that why. Right. And sometimes that means you asked me about burnout and removing things. Sometimes that even means removing clients that no longer are Mm -hmm. serving you or no longer respect your boundaries. I've had to remove a client that no longer respects my boundaries. Right. Because I had to change the way that I work and change, you know, I'm still good at what I do and I'm still going to show up fully. But with that comes boundaries and boundaries are so important when it comes to burnout. Um, Oh my gosh. And just, yeah. And so, um, so courage isn't necessarily like this big gigantic thing is sometimes just leaning more into the why, leaning into the bigger vision you may have for the company. Uh, I will be doing that um, come 2023. I'm wrapping up the projects that I have now, at least that I'm personally involved in right now. In 2023, it's all in on leadership, all in on Jude Charles, the leader, not just the storyteller, filmmaker, and all these other things. It's the leader um, who is leading others leading other leaders. Mm, that's so good. I'm so excited for you. I knew about the one thing, but I didn't know about the <laughs> private equity. But um, yeah. it was funny. I was thinking about something that you were just, when you were just talking, like having that relentless courage, I was thinking about it. Many times it means stepping into the, the suck, like mm, the, the, the yeah. junk, being willing to do that because on the other side of it is like something even better. Yes. So yes. being willing, like being willing to, to, you know, to lead and say, we're going this way because I know even though hard, it's going to be the right thing. So, yes. Um, yes. wow. Well, this has been a phenomenal conversation and I am 
so excited for people to listen. And if you know you were with us um, live on LinkedIn, or even if you watch um, the replay of it, you know, as it goes through the lovely algorithm, um, <laughs> you're yeah. going to get so many. I was jotting down some notes and stuff, um, but this was such a good conversation. And I can tell you, you know, working with you and the way that I did and getting to know you has made me a better entrepreneur and has made made me a better leader. Um, you know embracing the suck and getting through it because it's, it's, you know, it's part of, it's part of it. It's part of the journey. Um, but I think also, um, you know, just helping me to find myself again. And, Mm. um, so this is, this has just been so phenomenal. And, um, I just thank you so much for coming on. I mean, it's been an honor to get to know you and work with you. Um, so I want to, I want to say one more thing. Cause you said what? something that you said to find yourself again, there's always a reinvention process that happens. And you, as a leader, especially as you continue to grow, there's a reinvention process that happens. And I think many entrepreneurs get comfortable and stuck in the idea that they have arrived or even if they're challenged to grow, but the true challenge is finding yourself again. Hmm. The reason that I decided to go from the five-year plan to now will will essentially be three months um, is because I went back and looked at my core values. And there's two I was not truly living out, freedom and relentless. But I had to find myself again. Mm. I am constantly challenging myself with, again, I I said it earlier, am I living my most, most authentic self? But how do you do that practically? is when we work on these core values and they're written down and they're not just core values with words that are written down. They're the stories that illustrate these core values. Um, when you do that, you're able to, to hone in and find yourself again. You already have it in you. You just need to be reminded. All I did in our session together was remind you who you already are. I didn't tell you who you were. I reminded you who you were. You said something that was so powerful. Core values aren't just about your core values or anybody's core values, not just about the words that you put on the paper, but it's how you demonstrate them, how you, the stories and the actions that demonstrate them. Like that's something that like that hit me when you just said that. So, yes. um, All right. So how can people find your magnificence? I write a newsletter called the dramatic leverage newsletter where I talk about all of this. Um, it is, I talk about storytelling and leadership and um, core values. I talk about it all. Dramatic Leverage newsletter. Uh, Teresa's on the list as well. It is, and you can find that at judecharles.co forward slash newsletter. judecharles.co forward slash newsletter. Um, and you can join the conversation. It's not just a newsletter where I write to you. If you respond, I respond back to you. Um, yes, he does. It is a conversation. Yeah, it is a conversation. I, I truly, one of my core values is depth versus width. And I, I truly believe in building relationships and having these deep conversations. So um, that is the best place to connect with me and to find out more about the leadership workshops that I will be doing, leadership training and workshops, um, and how we could work together if that's, if you so choose. But judecharles.co forward slash newsletter. Awesome. 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 Well, thank you so much for everything. Um, I, I know my team is going to be going crazy, like pulling out all the, the gold nuggets that you <laughs> dropped <laughs> gold nuggets yeah, of wisdom, yeah. but, 
But, um, but thank you so much for joining us here. Um, like I said, this has been phenomenal. And one of the, you know, the great things in life is the amazing people that you meet along the journey and you are definitely one of them. So, um, so thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Thank you for, um, trusting me with your story you know, our experience of working together and and thank you for trusting me with your audience. I, uh, I don't take it lightly. So thank you. Thank you for this experience and for allowing me to share as well. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we're definitely going to have you on again. So when yes. you get the other stuff going, so, so everybody <laughs> stay tuned for more Jude Charles. So, awesome. all right, everybody until next week, have a wonderful rest of your week. And I look forward to seeing you back here next week. And I look forward to seeing you on next week pod- next week's podcast. So, take care. Hey there. It's Teresa and I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad that you join me every week to listen to this podcast. This podcast has been a dream of mine and when we hit episode 100, I was super 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 excited and I know now we are on our way to episode 200. If you like what you hear, and I know you do because you're here, I would love, love, love if you could head on over and leave us a review, either on iTunes, on Google Play, on Stitcher, on whatever it is that you're listening to, um, listening to this podcast. I would absolutely love it. When we get reviews, when we get, you know, five stars, it, it enables us to show up higher in the different categories so that more people can find us and we can make a difference in more small business owners lives so i would love 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 if you could go on and leave me a review and also tell me what you love tell me what you what you want to hear more of and how i can help you because that's what i'm here for i am here to give you real life experiences real life coaching, real life stories from my work, my experience helping small business owners to build their business, but also helping to, or me actually building and growing several of my own businesses. So if you love what you hear, please go over and leave a review. It would be absolutely amazing. and would mean so much to me, but until next week, take care and I will see you soon.